Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Paint with Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, today we are doing another flight. We're going to get into some topics related to, first of all, getting meetings with anyone. Um, we're going to um, talk about a book that um, we've actually got the author. He's not coming on with us today, but he's going to come, he's going to be joining us here in the next couple of weeks because he's got a different book that he's about to come out with. But our uh, this is Stu Heineck, uh, How to Get a Meeting with Anyone, um, yep. one of my all-time favorite books as it relates to uh, selling, at least getting the meeting, right? Because yeah. that's, that's, that's the hard part. That's the hardest part is like getting the meeting, especially in this day and age where people are just so, so busy and everything, so many companies are virtual. So if you're trying to, if you're fishing for a big whale out there, and these, this goes for people like that are in consulting, copywriting, they're looking for a big client. If you're in sales, like I am, high-end uh, manufacturing, if you're looking for that big whale, you're like Moby Dick going after the big whale, and this is um, yeah. these are the things that you have to do to get them. And otherwise, forget about it, because this allows you to bypass all of the gatekeepers that stand in between you and the big fish. Yeah, I like it. All right. Um, then we'll be talking about some commitment and consistency, how to use that to, um, and a little bit of uh, reframing to uh, when you're asking questions to people. You know, this is face to face selling again. And then you've got some things too that you're going to be uh, sharing. Yeah. And we may go deeper into this book in the future, but um, yes. One of the seven triggers, this is the books. I've got the book Seven Triggers to Yes, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought we had covered on the show. In our 258 episodes, but apparently we had not. <laughs> we have not. So we'll we'll go into one of the triggers mm -hmm. since you're going to be talking about consistency. Well, that's one of the triggers. So we'll mm -hmm. get a little sneak peek, and then maybe we'll dive deeper in the okay. future. Um, but until then, time for some brewskis from the great state of Ohio. All right. <laughs> um, trying to be nice. So. That this was a is, joke on April Fool's, yeah. right? Yeah, April Fool's. Yeah. I, I, oh man, I had my other. <laughs> yeah, where, what April happened? Fool's. I saw Mister T. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a meme that I that I threw up on. Well, they're not in the same window, so I couldn't keep them in the same. I gotcha. Okay, can't share two windows at once. Yeah, I found this meme a couple of years back, and I use it every April first. Mm -hmm. And it's a picture of Mister T pointing at the <laughs> cameras, and it says, "It's April Fools." <laughs> That's perfect. Just, it's like a, I could just hear classic, him saying like that a, too. Yeah, just like a good dad joke. <laughs> April Fools. Um, and we'll talk. There actually, we I've got a couple April Fools things that I want to. There you go. I've got a couple April Fools things I we can share as well. So we got a lot to cover. So let's uh, let's start drinking and and talking. So this is our our beverage of the week. It mm -hmm. is from Saucy Brew Works. It's called What's His Nuts. <laughs> it is a so it's interesting. On the picture, it says vanilla stout with peanut butter and coffee. On the can, it says peanut butter, vanilla, coffee, stout. So I'm not sure which is which, if it's a vanilla stout with peanut butter and coffee or if it's a peanut butter, coffee, vanilla stout. I don't know which it is. Well, you can so, smell uh, the peanut butter. That's for sure. Woo, Man. Boy, how that is that is that, that hits you right there. I like yeah, it. That is. If you don't like peanut a, butter, you may not like it. <laughs> this should be a Reese's cup and a glass. I don't know where the vanilla comes in. That'll be interesting to see how the vanilla stout plays in. So um, let's see. Vanilla stout with peanut butter and coffee. Vanilla stout with Madagascar vanilla, peanut butter, and Honduran coffee. And 7.5% ABV. And check this out. They have a matching coffee. Ooh. So you can drink this all night, get up in the morning, <laughs> never skip a beat, and have the same flavored coffee in the morning. Wow. So, mm. you know, or you can do the opposite. You can have the coffee all night if you got an all-nighter and then... Not a bad price back. on the coffee either. I mean... Yeah, it's really not. $10.99. I mean, with I mean, because I, I go to the grocery store and sometimes I'll buy my own coffee and I'll look and... yeah. The price of coffee yeah, so today, that's that's a that's that's a pretty good they've price. Got, they've actually got several. They got a house roast and yep. then the what's his nuts, but that's about it. Kind of some cool coffee cups, the mm -hmm. camp style coffee cups. 
Hmm. So yeah, pretty pretty interested. They have a matching matching beer. That's starting to be a thing because um, yep. Invader Coffee that I get here, they they just did another um, coffee um, combo with the brew place that's right next door, Infamous Brewing. So um, why not? If you Irish. got something that works, yeah, you know why not slap that brand on on other things too? You know, absolutely. People enjoy it. So. All right, let me grab a piece of paper here yep, so I can I got write, mine. Down my, write down my score. All right. Let's, uh, I got to fold my card in half because I don't want to use one index card per week. It's like if I fold it in half, I get four scores out of it. That's how frugal I am. <laughs> That's a Dave don't Ramsey trick right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yep, cheers. Cheers. Oh man, it's a little different than what I expected. Alrighty, I'm not really getting the vanilla. I'll say that yep. the Madagascar vanilla. All right, definitely getting the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Definitely getting the coffee, the stout. I just don't get the vanilla, so that's just me. Got your score. Got your ratings, one out of five, for those that are new to the show, we give a rating one out of five pints, five being the best, reserved for only the top quality beers and brews. That's right. So, <clears throat> all right. All right, ready? Three, two, one. I've got, ooh, big difference this week. <laughs> 4.25 to 3.1. So, what did you not like about what's his nuts? Uh <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it hit me a little bit different and the aftertaste for me. And uh, I got to, yeah. I got to admit I did outside of, cause I brought some, told you before the show, I brought some jerky. I didn't get much lunch today. So I was starving. I was in a meeting earlier, uh, before the show got off and I went over to the, just a little, uh, stop and stab and got some jerky and then also some, uh, some, uh, cashews. So yeah. maybe it's the cashew. Maybe it's the aftertaste of uh, some cashews in with this, but I don't know. Could be. Didn't cleanse I, the I palate. Just, I don't know. know. It's, uh, or maybe it's, just not your thing. I, it's what I would expect a peanut butter stout to taste like. So to me, I love it's the smell. Right I mean, the, yeah. the uh, notes are right awesome. On, yeah, I think it's right on point for what the can says, mm-hmm. which is, you know, sometimes that's like half our rating is like, are you true to what the can says? Cause mm-hmm. otherwise it's a huge letdown if it's yeah. not. So, I mean, it's right. not bad. It's just, I think I was a little, I was expecting something different, but this tastes very much like <clears throat> sweet baby Jesus, which is also a peanut butter stout. It's one of my yeah. first peanut butter stouts with yep. sweet baby Jesus, mm-hmm. which you can't get around here. It's mostly up in the Northeast Maryland area. Um, so I don't think I've had that one, but I remember no, you having it on here. Yeah, I don't. Did I have it? Must have been early. I thought Maybe you reviewed it on here, but might have yeah. when we took a trip up. Actually, I think I did bring it back to the office. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, after a trip. So anyway, all right. Well, let's jump in. I want to. Well, I tell you what. In the spirit of, um, so you can chew on a couple pieces of jerky. Yeah, you go out. In the spirit of of April Fool's Day, <laughs> as we're recording this, so I wake up this morning, look at the old email, and I get an email about this new technology that reveals how to double your productivity overnight while you sleep. While you sleep. Wow. While you sleep. I was like, well, that's pretty cool. I click on the link in the video (laughs) in the email and this is where it takes you. Learn to make money while you're sleeping. Our new technology lets you read in your sleep. Yes, it really does. There's the, my secret invention. So this is from Russell Brunson and the, and the folks over at ClickFunnels. And if you notice in his hands, those are kind of fluffy looking books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you watch, if you watch the, um, if you watch the video, these are pillows with recordings of the book and technology in the, in the pillows. So you can listen to Russell's voice as you sleep and learn everything you need to learn <laughs> about marketing and persuasion overnight. 100% brain damage free. This was, this was my favorite. It's a, got a new frequency assisted kinetic energy that makes these pillows work. Wow. 
Also known as F-A-K-E. That's until so, the dog gets a hold of it and rips it to shreds. Um, learn in your sleep. No, no longer need to waste time sleeping your nights away. With our pillows, you can be twice as productive as anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Making the world smarter. One, one sleep at a time. Unlike any other pillow you've ever slept on. And the video is, is, uh, is pretty hilarious too. But anyway, you've seen the results. Now the million dollar question is, are you next? Yes. Reserve my pillows now. <laughs> so if you are gullible enough to put your name in the. <laughs> is this an April? This has got to be April fool's. This is an April Fool's. Okay. This was the key thing that gave it away right here. The Frequency Assisted Kinetic Energy. The acronym would be FAKE. FAKE. So, uh, I remember when I worked at Stansbury, the first year I worked at Stansbury, Porter <laughs> did this, and he did a stock pick. And he went into this elaborate description of this new technology that they could fly a plane at like 5,000 feet, and it could scan the Earth's surface. It could look below the ground to find gold deposits. Um, like he went through this whole thing, and he gave it an acronym like, like, um, sub, urban. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, the the ticker symbol was C U K R, sucker. <laughs> and we had, I remember, customer service had thousands of calls. Mm-hmm. wanting to know why they couldn't find S-U-K-R on the on their brokerage account because all these people were trying to buy it. So that was funny. But That's smart. Anyway, anyway back That's to hilarious. the um, – so it, what? this is what happens if you put your name in. I was like, all right, I got to see where he's going with this. It's funny. I like companies that are willing to do that and not take themselves so seriously. And it says, your pre-order is now complete, kind of. All right, I know what you're thinking. This would be amazing. Unfortunately, we're still working out this few bugs with the general shock technology. <laughs> so you have to watch the video to see that. Um, so for those who don't want to wait for the launch of these pillows, feel free to go and grab a copy of the actual box set. So this is so it's just a pitch for the books um, that he already has out. So. Also, actually, really, really, really clever that they're, you know, they're not wasting. You know, hey, this is a joke. They're not wasting any space there to, right. you know, they're going to say, well. Because I'm sure not everybody, maybe somebody on the list has one or two of those books, but they may not have the whole set. Yeah, and this is the trilogy box set, which I actually want. Um, It's kind of a cool set. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because I think a lot of people on their list are going to be like, okay, I'll play along. Let me see where this goes. And they're going to get to this page. You know, a lot of people won't, but a lot of people will. So anyway, I thought it was kind of fun. Congrats to uh, Russell and his team for being willing to do that Mm -hmm. and go through the time to like make a quality page. Oh yeah. And a full blown video. You'll have to watch the video later because. And the pillows. I mean, they made the pillows. I mean, I had to get the pillows made. Um, You know, so this was, you got to admire the dedication to that kind of April fool's prank. Right. Um, And then. It um, takes a lot of work. That's great. I mean, good for him. Yeah, and then I'll show, let me show one more. Let me stop this share and then share again. You Hopefully you've almost got enough food in you. I'm done. So this, Ben sent me this one that he got in his email. This is from Echelon, which is a Peloton competitor. Mm-hmm. Introducing Echelon's newest self-propelling bike, the X2022. Get ready to work out. The X2022 moves your legs for you. All you have to do is sit and take a seat, strap in, and let the bike do the work. Cycles for you at speeds up to 35 miles per hour. Predicts your preferences before <laughs> you even know yourself. Automatically <clears throat> refills your beverage. Work out without breaking a sweat. <laughs> I was like, man, that'll sell. That's awesome. <laughs> they better be careful. They might get a lot of orders for that. Yeah. I was about to say, they may they may get more than they bargained for. People, you know, putting in the pre-order or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. All right, let me just, for those that might be watching on video, here's the meme that we mentioned earlier. <laughs> it's April Fool's. I love that. That's perfect. Another another 80s reference to those <laughs> younger viewers. I yeah. guess there was a remake of the A-Team, but it's just not the same. Not the same, yeah. It's um, smoking like true old guys. We're really dating ourselves when we 
You know, I still remember him from the Rocky movie too. Remember, he was like, oh uh, yeah, Clubber Lang, Clubber Lang, yeah, Clubber Lang, same character. Beat the snot out of Rocky the first time around. <laughs> Killed Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Killed the Caused coach. him to have a heart attack. And I mean, yeah, that was bad news. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So let's jump in. All right. So I mentioned earlier how to get a meeting with anyone. Um, yes. Still one of my favorite books. If you haven't grabbed this book, I to- I completely recommend it. As I mentioned, Stu Heineck, he's going to be joining us here in a couple more weeks on the show. Um, talking about, he's got actually a new book coming out in June. So he's like, I don't want to talk about that, but I mean, this book's like four years old. <laughs> so he's like, <clears throat> that's a great book, but you know, he's got another book that he's pushing out. I mean, all of them, you know, center on the same theme, which is what he calls contact marketing. Um, you know, using whatever means necessary to get yourself noticed by people. And you have to do, obviously he talks about, you know, consistency, um, is key. You can't just send out like, uh, one thing and one and done. Yeah. And hope that that's going to be the thing that gets you noticed or get your attention. That's not how it works. You got to be consistent with this. You got to, I mean, if you, you know, if you've got a million dollar account in the, in, you know, that's, you know, the potential of bringing in that type of business, this is the kind of thing that you want to create, um, some kind of consistency, some type, some type of campaign around that you can create. So, yeah. um, so I like to do that. I've, I mentioned in the past, <clears throat> one of the things that I love is, um, send out cards, um, send out cards.com. I know there's a lot of things out there nowadays to do um, online greeting cards that you can send out on a regular basis. What I like about send out cards is, first of all, I've used it for, I've been a a user of it for the last 15 years. It seems like forever, Um, but you can create campaigns. So I have all of these campaigns that I've done over time. You can set up your own campaigns. You can automate it. You can um, have them sent out like, you can schedule them to send out every two weeks, every month, every other month, and they'll just go out like clockwork. So you don't have to like be setting reminders to yourself to send such and such a card. Um, now, on some of these high end, what you you want to put some thought into it. Um, you obviously want to get their attention. So not it's not always just a card. And sometimes I don't even like their pre done cards. Uh, the, the cards that they have that are already made, what I like to do, there's an option in there that gives you, uh, you can create your own card, right? You can make your own card. So the ones they have, like, like you're showing right there, Sean, that says sending all the good vibes directly to you. Um, you know, those are okay and everything, but I like to do something completely creative, uh, to get their attention. So yeah. And I imagine you could go in Canva and upload your own or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not much of a, um, I used to love to doodle and draw when I was younger, but I'm not much of a cartoon. I know Stu, that's where he gets, you know, he talks about in his book. Um, These are definitely tend to be a little on the feminine side if you were to go with the stock cards. Exactly. So you definitely want to, but I think, you know, that's a good marketing lesson. You mentioned that, um, you mentioned that your campaigns are saved in there. Mm-hmm. That alone is a great marketing I you know tip from, from send out cards about being sticky as a software service. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because so, uh, absolutely for them, that's yeah. brilliant on their part, because if you ever quit using their service, you, <laughs> you know, you've got all, all that, that work, all those campaigns, all of those contacts, you know, you bet they basically have, you've got a Rolodex yeah. that you've created all of these contacts in there. And, yep. um, so you're absolutely right. You're going to stick with it for a long time. That was uh, really smart on their part because once you're once you're in there, you're you're going to stay on board. Yeah. Um, so what I started doing, you know, I looked at some um, some ways to create like unique uh, things to get people's attention. And so one of the things that I found is a company called Cartoon Stock, um, where you can literally license. I don't know, Sean, have you ever used this before? Um, I'm not. You can buy uh, cartoons and you you can license them to use in your marketing. Um, Stu talks about this in his book because that's, you know, being a, a, car, a cartoonist, he, you know, he does a lot of custom stuff. He use, he's done a lot of custom stuff for his clients in the past. 
But here's what's cool is, yeah, here's the site. You, uh, Sean's got it up, cartoonstock.com. So what I can do, here's the crazy thing. You, you can find cartoons for anything, and you can search by keywords. So if I okay. want to, if I've got uh, my, uh, you know, my target um, prospect that I'm trying to get a meeting with, if I know he's a golfer, type in golf, Sean. So I can send him uh, and just hit the, uh, there you go. So you get like all of these cartoons. Um, <laughs> I'm currently ranked, uh, let's see, what was that one? I'm currently ranked 104,000. Um, no, 104 million um, yeah, in, in the, the world. world. So yeah, if you want that, you can click on one of those and you can, I mean, they've got a ton of them. Any category you go to, you can find one that you like that's kind of clever. And I always like to find one that tries to, that really fits maybe the kind of person that I think that guy is. If I know he's got a sense of humor um, or we play golf in the past, you know, depending on, you know, the scenario, I look for the right, the, the right cartoon. Once you click on it, you can buy the license to it. It's like 20 bucks. So <laughs> you say that one, just, yeah. uh, just water for me, <laughs> designated <laughs> driver. Um, some of these are kind of corny, but they're funny. Yeah. And that's the whole yeah. point is to, to get their attention, right? You're well, sending also these shows. If you do something like this, it really shows you're human. Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to stand out. You're not going to be just the sales guy right? sending out a letter. Like, oh, this guy's <laughs> got a sense of humor. He's sending me yep. golf jokes. He's mm -hmm. sending me, um, let's see what if what else could you like? Let's do CEO. Yep. Now, if you're, if you know, you're going to be talking to the CEO, maybe, yeah. you know, you've got tons of CEO jokes, I'm sure. Well, I've, I've used uh, inflation for buy, for um, purchasing managers or buyers out there that I've been sending these to lately. So you've got, uh, you got some funny ones on inflation. Um, I sent out one. Uh, there's one the other day that I sent to a buyer. Oh, look, it's you <laughs> guys. Um, one that says there's a there's it's a cartoon with a guy. There's a fifty. It's like a fifty thousand dollar sale sign on the yard, and he goes, yeah. "That's just for the you know." It's it's in front of a house that you think is for sale, but the guy tells his wife, "That's just the lawn. That's fifty thousand dollars." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, you can find things for any occasion, fishing, golf, inflation, uh, you name it. I mean, just That's pick cool. out something. You buy it, you can buy the license to it, then you take that, and then that's what I use for send out cards. Then I go over to send out cards, and you can literally take one of these images or these cartoons, and you can upload it onto a card. And then with a message on the inside, um, the great thing about send out cards is it lets you upload images. I can scan a picture of a... Uh, um, you know, on the inside of the card, once they open up my image, you know, I can put a screenshot, uh, like a, you know, a, um, a, a shot of myself, and then I can add other images inside the card as well, graphics, uh, whatever, logos, everything. Um, but you can add that, kind of make it humorous, get their attention. Um, what I like to do is just send them out with like no sales pitch whatsoever. If it's a first time that I'm trying to uh, reach out to them. Just say, you know, with something that simply says, thought you might get a kick out of this, um, thought you might find this humorous or something like that, and I'll uh, hope you have a great week. You know, something like that to get their attention initially. And then follow them up with, you know, follow up with a phone phone call within a week or so. So these, I mean, and I've had so many people, I, you know, I've got a, I'm working on a, um, a client now that's, a half a million dollar that I, I used a card that, you know, one of his replies, even before I followed up with his phone call said, I got your card. Uh, really appreciate that. That was hilarious. And, and so it really got me, you know, it got me uh, basically in the door for evaluation to meet him, to meet their team when I had no, like no contacts whatsoever. I found this guy um, and, you know, he was, he happened to be the, the right person to talk to that was able to pass me on and get me in front of the pe the right people, the decision makers. So that's really cool. And here's a, here's a tip. If you don't know decision makers and it's hard to find, you know, outside of LinkedIn, sometimes you can find those people on LinkedIn and sometimes it's a little difficult. Um, 
but like you said, like sending stuff like this helps. You can also find there's a there's a um, software I call I use called Zoom Info that uh, you can get a trial version if you like it. You know, I think they have a um, uh, you can do you can set up like a package um, for your company. Um, you know, I think it's like a monthly it's a monthly fee, but it's not super expensive. But Zoom Info, you can get a breakdown of everybody within an organization what their uh, what their title is. Um, you, again, you can also do this on LinkedIn, but sometimes people aren't on LinkedIn or sometimes people are hiding their profiles on LinkedIn, um, right. unless you're connected with them first. So if you use something like zoom info, you can usually, uh, they'll give you like a 15 day trial. You can play around with it. You can put in a company. It will give you the organizational structure, everybody within that company, uh, everyone down to the you know, purchasing person to the vice president, to the president, um, sales manager, you know, everybody that's got a profile within that company, you get all the information, you get their email, you'll get their phone number, their, um, you know, extension, you know, everything. So, um, yep, there it is. You're so good with the, uh, with the screen. Screen share. <laughs> Found my calling in life. <laughs> be a co-host. I'll be the, the guy that sits off camera from Joe Rogan and yeah. finds all this stuff. Um, yeah, this is cool. Do you still use like info USA or anything like that and download yeah. lists? Or? Yeah, I used to, well, I don't use, um, I used to use reference USA or info USA a long time ago. I started using zoom info more now, uh, just because it seems like it's get it gives me more up-to-date information. Yeah, um, so I was wondering if Info USA was still looks like they've changed their name and yep. all that too. So yeah. um, now the cool thing is what I used to love about Info USA is I can get like um, and you gotta you gotta understand not all of this information is completely up to date, but it would typically right. give you uh, and I think you can get it with Zoom too. But typically, I'm just looking for the you know for the contacts to reach out to. But it'll give you information. It'll break down information on sales volume, uh, what their marketing budget is, like how much they spent. Yes. Like that's the one I used to use on Info USA. Is yep. you can you can pick one of the drop downs was uh, advertising spending because mm-hmm. you know if somebody as a copywriter when I was looking for clients I'd be like okay if somebody's spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on advertising <clears throat> they can easily justify a retainer for yeah. a copywriter right. of three, four or $5,000 or more, mm-hmm. maybe more for one-off project, things like that. If they're only spending 50,000 a year on advertising, they're probably not putting a lot of money into the copy itself. Nope. Um, so that's, that was always yeah. a good metric for me to find higher quality leads is, is advertising spend, marketing spend. Mm-hmm. And then of course you could do, um, I think is that you is that the UCC the um no that's you can actually search by yeah S, the SIC code oh yeah for industry absolutely yeah so you can really narrow down to the exact industry that you're looking for mm-hmm. yep. if you want to be a niche writer you know you could you could you know if you want to be a copywriter for beer you could right. go into these list companies and just look for the SIC codes of brewery yep. breweries and see. So you know, oh just, yeah. I used to love, um, you know, info USA reference USA for that, yeah. for that alone. Cause you can go, right. you can Google search, whatever the SIC code is for, you yep. know, for your industry and then just plug yep. that in and it'll get, and then you can do it by location. It'll give you every, like every company within that industry, you know, in that geographic location. So. Yep. There so you go. And since, you know, a brewery SIC code mm-hmm. is 2082. So you take that and it'll, um, <clears throat> I bet one of these is probably a, one of these ads. Oh, nobody has ads on this, but no. so if you went back to that and you searched by codes, which I don't know how to go through it since they've changed everything, but yeah, you'd be able to find, um, those businesses pretty quickly. Yep. So, yeah, now, very cool. Now, here's another really cool way to um, get a meeting with anyone. So that that's one way of being direct, uh, direct mailing, contact marketing. 
And now I'm going to give you another way that's worked really well for me. And that's really finding, in my situation, it's finding an industry that you want to um, really dominate in. So if you're a marketing, if you're a consultant, if you're a copywriter and there's a, you pick, there's a specific industry you want to get into, um, you know, I mean, every industry has a trade association, they have a trade journal, um, usually it's probably a quarterly trade journal. They have a trade association. You just Google it. You can find it. Sometimes there's more than one trade associations, uh, one trade association in the industry. You go to that site and you can learn so much about it. And one thing yeah. that you'll find is when you start looking through, uh, cause they'll, they'll have, sometimes they'll have a lot of their trade journals that are in digital format. So you can go through those and you can see some of the advertisers in those trade journals. You can see how big of the ads. You can also read the trade journal to see if there's anybody that offers like marketing advice. If you're a marketer, if there's anybody that's like a regular writer on topics related to, you know, marketing, if you're a financial guy, um, you know, I learned this a long time ago with um, the guy that wrote The Millionaire Next Door. He talked about, um, he, he did a series on networking with millionaires and he talked about the, fi- the, um, financial advisor that, be- that he went to the, uh, food service industry trade show <laughs> He showed up like, and there are people are like, what are you, why are you here? And he's like, I just want to learn this industry and be a part of it. So, you know, you just mesh yourself into that industry and, uh, and you become a part of it. And so he became, you know, this is a guy that started writing, uh, articles for their trade journals and anybody can do this. You just got to connect with the right people within that industry. But one of the things that I've done in, in this day and age that we live in, in the world of podcasting, uh, where everyone has a podcast, if you want to be real strategic with a podcast, you reach out to the people, the trade association members, and you do exactly what I do. What, cause I have two industry trade shows. You pitch them on offering a podcast to the industry, right? First and foremost. And you say, I'm a podcaster. Um, I'm a marketer. I'm a podcaster. Um, I really think this industry, you know, what I would like to do is to create a podcast for this industry that can uh, really get a lot of the information out there because the demographics are shifting. People are listening to podcasts more. I notice your industry doesn't have a podcast. Um, Sometimes they might, but it's like, it's poorly done for the most part when you do that, when you look for it. And uh, you say, you know what, what I want to do is promote the industry as a whole. I want to promote your industry as a whole in the podcast. And you build that relationship. And, and so if you start from that standpoint of like, what can I offer a value to them? Promoting the industry, promoting the, the members of the industry. And I can tell you from, from my experience, these trades, so I mean, they're under pressure to serve their members, right? They yeah. they have to do everything they can because you know they're charging membership fees for their association, so they're trying to find any and every means to offer value uh, yeah. to their members. And if you come to them and say, "Listen, I'm going to make it easy for you. You guys don't have a podcast, or you guys don't have somebody that's a part of your trade association that offers this advice on maybe on marketing and direct response marketing or." Um, you know, have an, a financial advisor advising them on uh, taxes or, or whatever your expertise is. Uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna look at you're gonna say yes, yeah, send us over uh, some samples or let us know what you think and let's or we're gonna have a meeting and usually it's it's like you know they're board members um, they have you know they have board members they have to kind of you know pitch this to um, but. You know, if it's not one of these huge associ- associations, it's pretty easy to um, get it approved because they're, like I said, they're just trying to do anything and everything to offer incredible value to their members. And so, yeah. And here's, I mean, I've talked in the past, you know, I've, I've done work in the granite countertop industry and one of their publications, uh, the, the industry publication is called Stone World, yep. you know, <clears throat> goes beyond just countertops, goes with large format tile and some other right. stuff. But yeah, this is exactly what you're talking about. You go to their site, mm-hmm. you know, it's got all kinds of information. Um, you can see the latest news, yep. but you, you start to see the advertisers. You see that there's events coming up that you Absolutely. could attend. Yep. Um, 
you can see again who some of the biggest advertisers are, mm -hmm. some of the contributors that are regular contributors. And then if you go down to the bottom, obviously you're going to get your menu of, you know, different things you can find out, you know, yep. and you know, to your point, like there's nothing mentioned on here about, you know, listen to our podcast. Right. So this, this is one of those niches. It's probably just, you know, ripe for yeah. a podcast. So mm -hmm. even if they have one, they're not doing a very good job. No, you know, talking about it. There's no podcast, you know, it's lame. Here and, Most of them yeah. are lame. If you, if you go to them, it's like every now and then they'll have maybe a quarterly podcast or something like that. And it's lame and it's yeah. just, you know, it, and it offers no real value. All they're doing is it's, it's, it's almost incestuous, incestuous where they're just talking to their own people about their own. It's not like, you're bringing anything outside, you know, the whole point is of a podcast for an industry, I feel like is what I bring in my podcast, my industry podcast, I try to bring stuff outside of the industry. It's like, here's some things that you can learn. Here's some marketing things. Yeah. Here's some uh, things that you might not have thought of to grow your business instead of listening to the same, you know, spiel of right. people promoting them. And they hear that all the time. They hear it at the trade shows. Why do they want to hear it on a podcast? So you got to do yep. something different for a podcast. And so you got to present, you know, obviously you present to the people, you know, the members of the trade show or the trade association, the value that you can bring to them. Your members probably need marketing help. Guess what? I can create, I've got a marketing show directly for this association. We can bring value, um, you know, and we, you know, what I do is obviously I bring experts, you know, I'll bring guests on my show and, um, and so, you know, I get a lot of feedback on that. Not only that, but I get sponsors from that because, you know, people in the industry want to be sponsors on the show. So, um, here's a flip side of that is like the, in one of the, um, in both of the industry, uh, podcast shows that I do in the composites, cast polymer markets, what they do is I told, you know, and I tell them up front, I said, whenever you have new members that become part of the association, send me their contact information. And so how does that help me? That helps me twofold. First of all, it gives me somebody that I can interview and welcome to the industry. Let them help yep. get their opportunity to share their story, their company story yep. um, to the industry, welcome them aboard the association. Second, it gives me a prospect. <laughs> yep. I develop a relationship with them. I never knew them. So I've got an association literally feeding me leads on like a weekly basis. Hey, just want to let you know, here's a new member. So you can reach out to them. Thanks. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm going to reach out to them. And first of all, you know, obviously I'm going to uh, reach out to them, say, Hey, I'm, um, you know, I'm the publisher at uh, composites weekly or cast polymer radio. I just want to welcome you to the industry. Uh, see if you'd be interested in joining me, you know, coming on our show as a guest. I'd like to talk to you about your business. This is your opportunity to get some publicity. Um, I want to promote you and, you know, give them a little feedback on or some information on the numbers that we have on our listenership. You know, 95% of the time they're like, oh, yeah, thanks. That'd be great. So I do that. You know, you give first, you offer value first, and then you follow up with them after. It's like, oh, by the way, let me tell you about what I do. You know, I'm, I don't just do podcasting for this industry. Um, right. Here's how I might be able to help you. And so we get in a conversation and one thing leads to another. And that's, you know, they become, I've gotten so many clients just from that alone. Um, but, you know, you develop the relationship first, you give upfront first, and then you get yep. value on the back end. So very cool. Very smart. And with all, right. all the people here that are in sales and marketing and copy and all that, you know, you probably have some niche in your past mm -hmm. that you know enough about that you could definitely start a podcast. And then Jonathan, like you said, m there's not an industry out there that doesn't need sales and marketing. Stuff. Oh man, they need it. So if you've so shifted from, you know, selling whatever product to mm -hmm. now just being more of a sales and marketing guy, maybe you're doing your own stuff, whatever, Yep. you know, you can go back to that industry with the knowledge you have construction, you Absolutely. know, whatever it might be, yeah. start up a podcast and probably do pretty well, you know, <laughs> either with sponsorships or just selling those people new ideas. Absolutely. So bring in everything you've learned about sales and marketing, right. persuasion, 
into it. I think that's a great, yeah, makes a great angle for a niche because you could actually, you know, name your podcast something, you know, mm-hmm. you know, construction marketing or whatever. You know, yeah, just, absolutely. Yep. Which would be probably a different podcast than what most than what most construction podcasts are out there. Yeah. And they're begging for information like this. Like, okay. You know, and that's a whole, you know, you talk about tailored information, you know, people can listen to a marketing podcast, but if they listen to, if you're in the, um, you know, if you're in the, like, and it's so many, it's crazy. I, I find industries like the previous owners of the house that we live in now, we still get their mail. Like a year later, I'm still getting their mail. Yeah. And apparently this guy was a part of the, I'll have to bring, cause I saved some of his, um, some of his trade magazines that he gets. Apparently he was in the, the soft, uh, soft wood and timber industry. Um, hmm. so I get, I mean, you think there's a niche, you know? And yeah. so, I mean, this is a thick magazine too, um, yeah. about wood, yeah. pro- everybody's talking about wood products and, you know, wood machine, you know, machines for cutting wood and, wood, you know, machines for grinding wood. And yeah, it's like, <laughs> there, there's, there's yeah, a niche. It, it, it just never ends. I mean, and, you know, you can just go look at, we were talking about the SIC codes earlier. You can yeah. just Google a list of SIC codes mm-hmm. to jog your memory on maybe some oh, niches yeah. you've forgotten about or just something that looks, because there are thousands mm-hmm. of those codes oh, that man. really get narrowed down. I used to have I mean, a three set encyclopedia that I bought <laughs> This was, was I mean, it's like to the Thomas registry. I think, yeah, it was, it was, I bought it off eBay. I spent like three, I think I spent like 300 bucks for this set. Yeah. We used to uh, have one of the, (laughs) one of the places I worked right out of the military. So, you know, really we had computers, but they weren't like connected Mm -hmm. to anything other than they were more like inventory management and that kind of stuff. So to contact people, we had the Thomas registry Yep, that we flipped you know, big green books that we opened and flipped oh, through yeah. and yep. did our prospecting. So the old, the old fashioned way. So this is, yeah, they were, and they were like thick too. They were like three oh, sets yeah. about this thick and I'm holding yeah. up the size. My fingers are like the size of a real, one of those old Britannica encyclopedias. And, um, so I had, you, a th- you're using circular definitions for these youngsters. <laughs> They're like, how does it cycling? I don't know what that is either. <laughs> Yeah, um, these things were like four to six inches thick. Yeah, I was about to say a Sears and Roebuck catalog, but they wouldn't know <laughs> what that is either. Um, yeah, so just it's thick, okay? It's super thick, and like, I used to dig it's through. It's like as thick as a beer can. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Like literally. Oh, and there was so much information you could find. Yeah. Like you could you so you would open this thing up. You could search it by in alphabetical order. You could find every industry that's imaginable throughout the U S and then what it would, the data that it would give you, these were updated, I guess every year was crazy. Um, cause they yeah. were so thick, but it would give you, maybe it was every two years. I don't know if it was every year, but they would give you all of the information, like the number, the phone number for the trade association, yep. you know, the contact information addresses, um, everything. I mean, it's just like, you could reach out to them nowadays. Obviously you have, you know, Google, cause all of these yeah. places have websites. So it's so much easier. So they're worthless now. So yeah, uh, my wife cleaned out my office a few weeks ago or <laughs> in a few, a couple of years ago, she went through my office and those, that was a casualty on the let's throw out this stuff list. <laughs> like could have made some furniture or something out of them. <laughs> I know they make a great, uh, doorstop or, you know, yeah. <laughs> had enough of them. You can make like a giant chair out of them or something. Exactly. Wouldn't take too many. So. <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah, it's um, simple as finding, you know, find your niche. There's value. And if you offer information, again, what I, I think what I was about to say earlier is that if I'm looking at, but, but you know, if I'm looking, if I look at a book or a podcast on marketing, as opposed to a podcast on marketing for, um, you know, the construction industry or whatever industry that I'm in, um, dentistry, um, you know, orthodontics or whatever marketing for that. I mean, I'm going to gravitate to the one that's specific to my industry, right? Cause I feel yeah. like they have, you know, they, it's more tailored to my industry and that's where you don't have to be the expert. You just have to connect with the people in the industry 
ask them questions. And that's where you as a marketer come in and invite people on. Sean, like what we talked about, like, you know, inviting members of that industry on and say, what are you doing in your marketing? So here's something you might think of. Make that a podcast episode. So absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So the la- you got something? I see something yeah, in I'll, the uh, window there. Yeah, I'll just... So I was trying oh, to find a, a picture of the sets of Thomas registries. Um, I don't see like there's no scale like, <laughs> so you can't really see how big they are. But you can tell they're pretty big. They're pretty fat. Um, it looks like when I did the original search, um, looks like they're still oh, around. Man. Yeah, they're just all digital now. Everything's course. yeah. You, you're not going to see them. So you you just, might see them at a lot. They might have a physical version they send out to libraries, but that's it. Right. Um, Something like that. So, so they are still around. Mm-hmm. And here's the key. If you, um, if you're a member of a library, I learned this a long time ago, like reference USA and mm-hmm. those things like that. If you have a library card, a lot of times you can go to your local library without becoming list. a member and get a free list, you know, get yes. access free just by using your library card number. So. And we have dropped some serious knowledge and opportunities on this episode. Always, man. I'm just, just Give slinging them. gold. Like it's nothing. Throwing it's out just, diamonds, man. Throwing out I diamonds. I tell you, it's, it's crazy. What <laughs> else, what other diamonds you got in your pocket over there? By the way, before, we, before you answer, yeah, has the beer gotten any better or are you on to your second? I, I was about to open like another because that's just yeah. kind of, <laughs> that's where I am. Um, no, it, I think it but got, sometimes a, they air out. I think it better. did get a little better. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I finished it. No problem. So I think it did get better over time. Cool. Do you right. have this one by the way? Not with me. I okay. do have it, but All right. I'm not up here. I'm going to hold off on it. I, I don't want to, so. I've got two left from our stat. I don't know how many, how many do you have left? I think I've got one left. That one. Okay. The one I have left. Okay. I've got this one and one other in the fridge and then I've got to, I've got to go ahead and order, order some more, but I'm going to see if I can find a different region of the country or go back to that one and get more of the spring loggers and pilsners and some stuff. We still got to do our logger thing that I sent you a text about. Oh yeah. 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 We'll have to try that on an upcoming episode. All right. So back to diamonds, scattering diamonds, throwing scattering diamonds. diamonds. Last diamond we're going to leave you with before we wrap up today. This is from a great book that I've been uh, reading. Obviously, it's it's sales oriented. The title of the book is called Sell More with Science. Um, okay. So I like I like this because he uses a lot of um, there's a lot of things that he th- he throws into here like framing. Um, Chidini, like influence stuff that he throws into this. Um, one of them is using commitment and consistency. And and that's one of the, for those that have listened to the show or haven't, we talk about, we've talked about Chidini several times in the past, you know, the six principles of influence and commitment and consistency is just one of those principles. And here's an example of how it's used. Um, and I'm looking at a, I'm looking at the copy of his book. It's called the title of this section is called "Nudge Your Buyers Into the Sale." It says okay. he says a third way to take your sales process to the next level is to focus on how you present choices to buyers. Think about this: how you present choices to buyers. Sometimes right. in a in a sales presentation or when we're face to face, we have a tendency to um, frame things the wrong way. So let me give you an example. So if, if someone offered you a free sample of a new beverage in exchange, in exchange for your email address, would you do it, Sean? Hmm. Probably not, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're like most, you probably would refuse. I mean, this day and age, is like, a beverage? I mean, for my email address, I'm going to get bombarded? Yeah, I don't think yeah. so. Um. So he said that's how 67% of participants responded in an experiment by so with, by a social, social psychologist, uh, two social psychologists here. I'm not going to mention their names. Um, however, when they prefaced the request with the question, quote, do you consider yourself to be somebody who is ad, in, 
who is adventurous and likes to try new things. Hmm. Do you consider your Sean, do you consider yourself somebody? <laughs> now, here's the problem. If you ask that to somebody and they say, uh, no, because <laughs> yeah. I know some people, well, they weren't, I know they weren't some people would anyway. say, no, I'm not adventurous. I don't like to try new things. <laughs> then yeah. you might be killing yourself. But, um, but if they're not, they're probably not going to try it anyway. So you don't really exactly, lose Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, so it says, do you consider yourself to be somebody who's adventurous and likes to try new things? Now, when it's framed that way, an astonishing 75% of people agreed to give their email address in exchange for a free sample. Classic that, consistency. Yep. Consistent. Yeah. So that initial question to which nearly everyone responded yes predisposed them to want to act on what they had just affirmed. So again, you people hate to be inconsistent. So if you right. agree, if you say, if you ask me, Sean, do you, do I, do you consider yourself to be somebody who's adventurous and likes to try new things? If I say yes, and I do the opposite of that, that really creates some turmoil inside of me, right? I don't right. want to appear to be flaky or inconsistent. So when I answer that question, then I'm already primed uh, to meet that request to move forward. Um, it's amazing the difference between the two, how uh, 75% when it's flipped the other way, when it's flipped by simply changing the question, 75% of people agree. Um, so you need to think about this whenever you're uh, asking questions. He says another experiment in their study produced similar results when they inquired whether people would contribute to a survey, only 20, 29% consented. No one wants to take part in a survey. Um, yet when they first asked them, do you consider yourself a helpful person? <laughs> you consider yourself a, a helpful person? So I can tell you that as many times as I get, like uh, when I call into, like I make hotel reservations or something, if I ever do that, you, normally I do it through the app, but if I've ever called in through Marriott, and they always yeah. help me or they change a reservation for me when I'm staying out of town. They always say, um, uh, do you mind after the call, do you mind taking part in a quick survey? And I hate to say this, but sometimes I'll say sure. And then hang up right after. <laughs> <laughs> you want to feel, yeah. You, you want them to feel, you want to be liked. I mean, that's all. Right, right. Right. Exactly. So it puts me in a, in a difficult situation but they say, would you be, be willing? And then by the time the calls, you know, we've taken care of what I need done. I'm like, oh man, I can't. And, you know, then they play the music and you have to wait. And then sometimes I'll just click in the call. Um, but so I wonder if like, you know, if, this reminds me of like Robert Collier letter book mm -hmm. type stuff, you know, yeah. he had a lot of one line phrases and things that you could add. Um, but I wondered like in that situation, if they, you know, they helped you and, and then they asked you at the end, Hey, have you found this helpful? Yeah. And you say, yes. It's like, well, I wonder if, you, would you be willing to return a favor? Right. And you're like, Ooh, Ooh man. something like that. Like yeah. probably return a favor is not return. exactly the right word. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that plays like that. into two things, uh, you know, con commitment and consistency and then reciprocation. Right. Because. Right. Yeah. Uh, you'd be stacking that. Yeah. For sure. You'd be, you, that's, that'd be pretty powerful. So, yeah, you know, um, we've talked about, you know, there's on a recent show where I mentioned my idea for like restaurants, it's instead of asking, do you want dessert? Yes or no question. Um, you know, you could, if you wanted to apply consistency, you could be like, Hey, do you, do you enjoy a good dessert? Yeah. And people are like, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, well you should see our specials. <laughs> Let me tell you yeah, about it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And now they're like, Oh, you know, and if they say no, then you can still, I mean, if they say yes, do they enjoy a good dessert? But then they say, no, they don't want to try one and say, Hey, right. well, no, I could box it up for you. Take yeah. it home and enjoy it at home. Mm -hmm. Since you, because you use them because, because you like a good dessert, I could yeah. box it up for you and right. take it home. Right. Nobody's going to say no to that. Absolutely. Very few people. No way. No way. And you could increase the average ticket by 10 to 15 bucks. Easily. You know? with the price of just by days. how you, yeah, just by how you frame that. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Just it's, by getting people to, so do you have more on that? I so he, jump into yeah, I was just going to mention he, they define this, what they call it is the nudge. And it's like, okay. it's something that alters 
human behavior in a predictable way without restricting. Here's the thing, and this is a key, without restricting one's ability to make a free choice because we all want to make free choices. We don't want to yes. be, it's like you've said be before, Sean, we don't want to be, we like to buy, but we hate to be sold to. We don't want yeah. We want to feel like we have the free choice and the decision. So the effect on decision-making is so powerful that nudges are used in everything from finance and healthcare to education and government. Um, but that's the bottom line. When we feel like, when people feel like the control is back to them and they have the choice in making the decision, it's much easier for them to affirm. Yeah. I think this, you, this reminds me of a good point. Like you have to be careful that it doesn't, your, whatever statement you use, whatever Mm -hmm. question you use, doesn't feel like a setup or a trap. Right. Right. And that's people are going to go the opposite direction and be like, no matter what you ask, they're going to say the opposite. Right. Because they don't want to be trapped into something. Right. So you, I think there would be, like, it makes sense what, what he's saying in the book, but you couldn't just do these back to back. Like, you couldn't just say, do you find yourself to be an open and agreeable person? And then right away, I don't I don't know if you could just follow that right yeah. up with a, that right. feels icky to me. Yeah, in this in day and age, you, do you feel like, yeah, when you ask somebody, do you fit, do, do you consider yourself to be, uh, you know, a, an intelligent person that you don't want to say, yeah, I mean, you don't want to, I mean, sometimes you can get, you can offend people, but here's an example of how you could use it in, in a sales situation. Here's an example. Do our, um, quote, do our do our strong customer service, um, which we've discussed, does our strong customer service, which we've discussed and high high client satisfaction, uh, rating meet your expectations concerning what you're looking for. And you could insert a lot of other things. Um, yeah. You know, does the proposal uh, that we've talked about um, meet your expectations and what you're looking for? You know, and so yeah. if you get them to acknowledge, you know, you know, and that's a great question because if it doesn't, then you've got, you know, that means you've got some work to do. I mean, you've got right. that, that and that gets you to the bottom of, okay, what's, what's wrong with it? You know? So, you know, an answer either way is not, I mean, just yeah, it what, moves it, the sale forward. It, yeah, it does. Way. It moves things forward. So you can either fix things or you can get them to say, you know, yeah, everything looks great. And at that point, um, you know, it's like, well, that being the case, um, are we the provider that you feel comfortable recommending? you know, to your, yeah. uh, to your bosses or to, to the higher ups. So, um, yeah. Or how would you like your company's name to appear on the application? <laughs> Absolutely. On the, on the invoice. There you go. ABC. When would you like, uh, you, when you, you want the delivery? ABC manufacturing? Is it a, <laughs> is it capital A? Or That's is right. Lowercase Assume a? the sale. Assume <laughs> the sale. That's right. That's what so, they call, we call talking past the sale where we, yeah. You know, the sale, we feel like in our mind, you know, we, we talk as if the sales, the sales already done. We're just working out the details. Yeah. So, so good. here's, here's some interesting things. So in this book, um, seven triggers to yes, okay. which we might go into later, the new science behind influencing people's decision. So it does have one of the seven triggers is consistency. Um, so when you told me we were talking about consistency, I pulled this off the shelf and I had forgotten just like how many types of consistency there are. So a lot of times we think of consistency, especially if you've read Cialdini, you know, he gives that kind of in this very like transactional type of way. Like if they do this, then they'll probably do this also. Right. So it, it comes across as very transactional, even the one examples you just gave, but there's a lot of, bigger, more macro types of consistency. And so for instance, in this, there's probably 15 or 20 different types of consistency that you can tap into that may not require you to say anything, but if you know this about your, your prospect, you can actually build consistency into your presentation because you know that they, they follow into one of these things. So what I'm talking, so to give you a couple of examples, are they, um, do they make decisions in automatic or analytic mode? 
So decision and action modes seldom change. Consistency, consistency is virtually guaranteed. Learn which mode your partner employs and frame your presentation accordingly. Remember that most people all of the time and all people some most of the time are in the automatic mode. That you know, goes back to thinking fast and thinking slow. Right. Um, spending habits. Affiliations with clubs or associations, social status, risk tolerance versus aversion, peer group values, political, conservative versus liberal, habits, Mm -hmm. religious leanings, self-perceptions, pride, values, education, prior decisions, prior actions, reference groups and peers, papers, articles, books, goals. So all these things people have can have a certain way they act in the, all these different, you know, areas of their life. And if you can find a way to tie your product to, let's just use political cause it's easy that it's leans, you know, towards conservative or leans towards liberal, depending on the person you're, you're talking with, you just increase the likelihood because they're going to be consistent with that belief structure. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the little, one-off statements or the one-line statements that you can use for consistency. Right. It's understanding kind of these bigger macro worldviews that people have. Sure. The way they behave. Yep. Um, you know, we've talked to like people, do they have away from or towards behavior where they, are they working, are they the type of person that works towards a goal or do they run away from problems? Right. Right. So the sit, some people aren't want to earn money or get rich because they want to get away from poverty. Mm-hmm. Other people want to make money and get rich because they want to move towards a billion dollars sure. or a million dollars. Right. Those are two very different people, even though the action looks the same, what actually motivates them is different. Yep. And you have to know that because then you can be consistent with that. So these are just some other types of consistency. And sometimes um, that changes over time, you know, yeah, it can change over time. Although most people are pretty pretty set on those types of things, unless they do a lot of self work and inner work and mm-hmm. and you know kind of overcome that. Um, so that's just another kind of angle on consistency to be aware of that you can be a lot more subtle about mm-hmm. and not have to. I mean, you still want to come up with phrasing and presentation that's geared towards those things, and you do have to do a little more research. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, just another very powerful way to get people to be consistent with who they see themselves as, whether they realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Man, it's powerful. You know, we're yeah. going to be talking about a book um, that you just got in this past week. Yes. That there's a lot of consistency going on there. And the book is True Believer. Yep. We're going to talk about that next week. But this is all this about is how movements are created. Yeah. Um, man, is it interesting. So, yeah. And this book was written. Is it 1951? Yeah. Is that yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah so this is a classic. This is one of those old books, classics. Um, so yeah, I, I got, I got, uh, let's see, I got started reading it. I got less than a full page in and already had it had something to highlight. And that was just in the preface. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, this is going to take a little time to, to kind of go through. Cause there's a lot of stuff in here. Oh yeah. And I, and I was reading another book this week that I really wanted to get through. So we'll, uh, we'll look at that next week. The it's true even, believer. Yeah. The true believer, like you said, written in the fifties, but more relevant now today yeah. than ever. Yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> it's timeless principles, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know? It's like, uh, some of the stuff I've, I've shared about, you know, that CS Lewis said back in the forties and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I found a quote a couple weeks ago that was written at the end of world war one and you'd swear it was written yesterday just because of the busyness of lives and all this stuff and how the human mind is not really geared for all this noise. And, you know, it's like, and then you see that it's written in, 1919 or something like that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. So this is not, this is not a new feeling we're experiencing with social media and everything else. These are timeless kind of things that, you know, things I think are accelerating, but every generation goes through the same basic thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you're right. This is, it feels more timely than ever, but 
you know, in the fifties we had, what McCarthyism, we had, you know, like there's some, you know, there's atomic war constantly on people's minds, you know, television was coming on really strong. So that was the new evil in the world. Like there's just, there was so much stuff. It just, it just wasn't as 24 seven or maybe it was, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. So. It's always a boogeyman out there. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Every decade. Yep. Every. <laughs> and they're not going away. Nope. <clears throat> and they just, they just keep making more of them. That's right. That's right. And man, I tell you, you can, you know, I think you can, you can learn if I wanted to create a, if I wanted to create my own cult, you know, I think about the guy that created the, um, um, was it the, um, um, David Koresh or no, the guy that created the, the, the uh, Christian, is it Christian science? I think it was a guy. Oh, that Scientology. Just, yeah. He made a bet. Oh yeah. Scientology. Yeah. It's Scientology. I don't know why yeah. I can remember that, but literally made a bet with a guy that I could, you know, a friend, <laughs> I, you know, the story is, and you always wonder if this is true or not, but the story right. is they're out fishing and he's made a bet that he could come up with his own, uh, you know, basically his own, own religion and develop his, you know, create a following, you know, he's like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, I think uh, a friend of mine who, I, I can't remember who he was quoting, but maybe it was Dan Kennedy that, that originally said it or John Maxwell. I know those are two very different people, but still <laughs> somebody said people are just walking around with some looking for somewhere to plug in their umbilical cord. <laughs> That's and it's it's so true. It's it like, sounds like a Dan Kennedy, but where do like where do I get my nourishment? Like, I, and just let me plug it in yep, here. So, yep. um, like our listeners here, they're just every week <laughs> they're just on edge waiting for us to come back. That's right. That's week right. after week, I know they are. So we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate all of you listeners. Yep, both yep. of you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Anything else, man, before we wrap up? We're going to give out a lot of gold here today. This was, a, this was a packed show that you might have to go back and, I mean, there's literally business ideas in here, yep. income ideas, sales strategies, all kinds of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's stuff. Stuff that we've done. I mean, yeah. it's not like stuff we're just saying, try this. <clears throat> no, yeah. this is stuff that we're, we're doing, yeah. you know, that works for yeah. us, that makes a lot of money. So if you have questions for us, you can reach out to us over at persuasion by the pine at gmail.com. You know, one thing I forget sometimes, Sean, is that we also have a Facebook group um, yep. over at persuasion by the pine. I never remembered to put that out there, but we have a Facebook group. Just do a quick search over at, uh, if you're on Facebook, anybody that's on Facebook, just search for persuasion by the pint. We have a Facebook group. Um, you can reach out to us any, either there or email, whatever. Um, you can find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, everything. So we'll uh, look forward to another episode next week. Going to tackle this book, probably have a guest on. Yeah. And um, that's it for me, man. You got anything? No, I'm good. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the beautiful weekend, Sean. I don't know what do you got in Texas there. You got clear skies, 80, and, eighty clear skies and sunny today. Beautiful, so I love that's it. nice. Springtime awesome. in Texas, it'll be one hundred and five pretty soon. <laughs> well, enjoy the weekend. We'll see all of you next week on the show. Take care. Have a great week. See you.